Edward Hawkin, and this is Frankly Speaking with Pastor Frank. Today I want to talk to you about answering destiny. We talk all the time about the call of God, about the things that he wants to do, and, and the things that he will do in our lives to take us, to get us to the place where we actually fulfill our calling, where we answer the destiny, where we become what God has intended and called us and wants us to be. And we talk about that all the time, but today I want to take it a little differently. I want to take it not just as an individual, which is usually how we take it, but also collectively. We, we mention it as a church, as a body, and frankly, we're in a global pandemic right now, which makes me really think in a global way. And it may seem a little far out there now, but I want to take us back to the early church. I want to go back to Acts chapter 1, their original commission, where in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus would say as he was ready to be received up, he says, but you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, we quote that a lot. I call it the Great Commission. He sent them to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. He started in a small city. He went to the region. We would think of it more like a state, if you will. And then he's told them, you're going to spread to the next region, the next farther place out, which would be the next door area, if you want to think of it as a state, think of Samaria. And then beyond that, to the uttermost parts 
of the earth. And we know that is just what happened. And, and they went, and it was not many, many years after that, that when they would come to a place of Paul, they would say, those that have turned the world upside down are come here also. And we know what happened after that. We had, they went and, and they just started preaching and God was with them and they were being blessed and multiplied and thousands were being added to the church. They had great fellowship. They went from house to house, but they stayed in the Jerusalem area and they grew incredibly. They grew incredibly close to God on an individual basis. They grew incredibly. God did great things in the lives of the people and of the church in Jerusalem, the early church. It's chronicled so well. After the lame man was healed in, in Acts chapter 3, they went on though, and, and they, were, they, were, they were taken. They were taken, and they were, they were put before the, the priests and the elders, and they were threatened. They were beaten. And it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, when they were let go, it says, and being let go, they went to their own company. And they reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which has made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, and they're quoting from Psalms 2, why did the heathen range and the people imagine vain things? And the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, to do whatever thy hand and thy determined counsel before had said to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word with boldness. I want us to see the effect of this. No one likes to be chastised, threatened, later on imprisoned. We don't like this. This is, this is a persecution they were experiencing, but it was a persecution with an outcome. When they were released and they were, they were brought back, and it says, and when they prayed, verse 31, when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. This was a, a time of a great spiritual, I don't know, awakening, revival. It was moving through the whole city. It was unstoppable. The, the priest didn't like it. The high priest didn't like it. They were trying to figure what they could do to stop it, but there was nothing they could stop. And I, what I want to show is that everything that they did to try to crush it, to try to stop it, to try to pour water on it, everything they did, the persecution, the threatenings, all it did was make it grow. It made it more special. It made them 
tighter as a people. It made them more on fire. It brought them closer to answering their destiny, to fulfilling their call, not just as individuals. And though many did, they stepped up as individuals, but the collective, the body, they had, they just were making such great strides. They were being so blessed, so moved that church was answering its call. Then in Acts chapter 5, we have this whole deal with Ananias and Sapphira. You know the story. They lied to the, laid to God. It says you've lied to the Holy Spirit and you've lied to God. And God took them out. But in Acts 5, 11, it says, And great fear came on all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And when by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and of the rest did no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, Inasmuch as they brought sick people into the streets, they laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow even of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Notice the great growth here. Multitudes also out of the, all the cities around about Jerusalem, they brought their sick. Things are spreading. It's going from just the heart, just the core, just us four. And I can't say us four and no more because they were growing, but only in the city. And now those around Jerusalem, those in the people of the outer cities around Jerusalem, they were bringing theirs, this this church, this body, this movement, the, what they would call the way. It was, it was happening and growing. And the more that stuff happened that we would not really like to see, the persecution, the being threatened, having things happen in the church that are, that are upsetting with Ananias and Sapphira. But the more that stuff happened, the more we see a growth that went on that was unexplainable. It was what God was doing. And of course, we know the story after this. Stephen was taken and martyred, uh, and, and they went out, and, and the, the work of God started going everywhere. They grabbed Stephen, one of the deacons, and they, they, they killed him. Acts chapter 8, just after that, and Paul was consenting to his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial. They made a great lamentation over him. And as for Paul, he made havoc of the church entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore they were scattered abroad, and they went everywhere preaching the word. I ask you, what scattered them? It was the persecution. It was the intense persecution. The call, the commission, was to go to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, 
and to the uttermost parts of the earth. They stayed in Jerusalem. I don't think they did it intentionally. I don't think for a minute that they got together and said, we are not going to do this. This was not the world after the flood. When they got together and said, we're going to build a tower that's going to reach to heaven. God, we don't need you. We are not going to obey your command to go all over the world and repopulate the world. In fact, we are going to build a tower so that you can't take us out. You can't flood us again because we're going to have a tower that's so tall that that we're going to be impervious to your actions. That is not where the early church's mindset was. They were growing so rapidly. They were inundated with new converts, people coming in by the thousands, the moving of God, the Holy Spirit operating in their lives. They were fulfilling their destiny, answering their call on an individual basis. But the body was not fulfilling its call to spread and go beyond. Oh, they appointed deacons. They were doing everything they knew, but they just didn't understand the magnitude of what God wanted to do. I love camping out. I love getting together with friends and having a fire and sitting around it. You know what's always kind of fun? I I don't know. There's something wrong with me. I like it, but I like when somebody gets a big log, the fire's there, and we're all sitting around it. Maybe we're complaining a little bit about where's the smoke going. It's shifting to one. They move. It goes and follows them. Always amusing. And someone gets a big log, and they throw that log on the fire, and sparks just go everywhere, and people are grabbing their stuff and brushing sparks off their blankets and, and panicking. It's like, oh, we're just so comfortable sitting here. Why did you do that? I think that's what God did. The early church, the church in Jerusalem, was, was devout. They were being blessed. They were being anointed. They were in the, the hand of God. And they were growing and they were answering their destiny and they were fulfilling their call on an individual basis and to an extent, as far as they could understand, as far as they could see and know, they were answering that call. But he said, Jesus, before he left, you've got to get out of Judea, Jerusalem and Judea. You've got to go to Samaria. You've got to go to the uttermost parts of the world. And he threw a log on the fire and the sparks of persecution went all over the place. Hard times, hard times, oh hard times, you have come. And they spread out. And the first place they went to, next verse in Acts 8 and 5 is, Then Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. He went from Jerusalem, Judea, and God now brings them to Samaria. How did he do it? He did it with the persecution. He did it with the persecution. From Samaria, Philip would go and talk to a eunuch from Ethiopia. This is God spreading out his church. They were blessed. They weren't being deliberately they weren't being deliberately disobedient. They were doing as good as they knew to do. But God had a plan that would take them beyond where they were. And he accomplished it by persecution. Persecution is fulfilling, is God fulfilling his call 
with a global spread of his church, a global growth of his church, ministering to all parts of the known world at the time. It's for individuals, yes, but it's for a body as well. Scripture is a hall of fame for those who overcame what we would consider handicaps, things that just would that would disqualify them to so many. You look at the book of Judges, every one of them had, every one of those judges had something that in their time, in their way, would be considered a disqualifier. But they all used those things, they overcame those things and answered their destiny. It's kind of like eagles being pushed out of the nest to fly. The call, the answering of destiny of an eagle is to soar, is to fly. You can't experience that unless you're pushed out of the nest. Or the hippo, the little baby hippos, being pushed into the crocodiles to learn their dominance, to learn their place, to learn their destiny. It's not being in a pack of hippos or a, whatever they call a bunch of hippos. It's being pushed out to have dominance, to be, to be the king of the river, the river horse that even the mighty crocodiles fear. We are sometimes forced into the furnace because God wants to refine us and have us come out shining like pure, refined gold. This global pandemic that we're in, I believe is just God's way. I see it already on individual, an individual basis within individual people. They're using this, they're taking this, and they're, they're not comfortable in it. But God is bringing them to a place of greater fulfillment, of greater answering of their call, of greater destiny. We are being brought as people and as a church, as the body of Christ, to answer our destiny, to get to the place that he wants us to be. My friends, yes, we're in a furnace Yes, it's a hard time. Yes, there's major, major inconvenience. Now, how's that for an understatement? Major inconvenience. But, oh, my friends, let's come out of this shining, shining like gold tried in the fire because God has a destiny for us, and I believe he's just pushing us, nudging us, lovingly encouraging us like an eagle from the nest to soar, and answer that destiny. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that you grant your children a perspective that is beyond themselves, that is outside the four walls, that goes beyond Jerusalem, that goes beyond Judea, that goes beyond Samaria of their lives, that goes beyond where they, where they are, that you raise us to a high place, that you use whatever you will. We submit ourselves to you. Use whatever you will to bring us to answer our call to bring us to fulfilling and to answering our destiny, that that you have for us. Be with each one through this time, Lord. Let your protection, let your encouragement, let you, O oh God, who is the lifter of our head, move within your children, I pray. Well, until next time, my friends, God bless.